Hello and welcome to another podcast presented by the Pharmacy Council of New South Wales. In this episode, we take a closer look at the dangers involved with high-risk medications such as fentanyl. High-dose fentanyl transdermal patches are an ongoing current concern because of the risks of overdose and the potency of these uh, patches when they're applied. And what can pharmacists do when dispensing drugs like fentanyl? If you are presented with a prescription for fentanyl of any strength or any quantity, please undergo your own individual risk assessment. More on that coming up with our expert panel featuring Bruce Batty, Director of the Pharmaceutical Regulatory Unit, along with Georgina Woods and Shweta Kumar, both professional officers for the Pharmacy Council of New South Wales. So big discussion today about Schedule 8 matters for pharmacists. Now, Bruce, fentanyl's been in the media quite a lot lately. What should pharmacists be aware of when it comes to this drug? Yes, high-dose fentanyl transdermal patches are an ongoing current concern because of the risks of overdose and the potency of these uh, patches when they're applied. But they're also diverted for injecting purposes. And as a result, you know, that it increases the risks of overdose. So inappropriate prescribing and dispensing comes to attention, the presentation of forged prescriptions. And why does that happen? It's because of the high illicit value of these drugs. Criminal Networks are involved in obtaining these drugs for trafficking purposes and the dangers inherent in the misuse and the abuse of these fentanyl patches are of no worry to these criminal networks. The value of a single fentanyl 100 microgram per hour patch can be $200. A wholesale value, a dealer selling a pack, can be easily $1,000. Oh, wow. So are there any red flags that a pharmacist needs to be aware of when presented with a prescription uh, for fentanyl or high-dose opioids? Yes, keeping in mind, as I mentioned before, that criminal networks will target pharmacists, particularly if they know that they're not likely to question the prescription. They're the ones who get targeted. And the red flags, which they should be aware of, is that, first of all, the person who's presenting the prescription will be someone who's unknown to the pharmacist. They'll have no previous history in the pharmacy. That person may be presenting a prescription which has a a larger than normal quantity, such as 25 or or 30 patches. The uh, purported prescriber will probably also be unknown to the pharmacist. may purport to come from the other side of Sydney, from interstate. There'll be no history generally speaking, in the pharmacy for that prescriber. The prescription presented will be a private prescription, will be non-PBS, and the person presenting the prescription will pay sometimes hundreds of dollars in cash. Now, all those red flags should jump out at the pharmacist in that sort of situation. And it's understood it can be very difficult, but they should be aware of taking some action when presented with one or two of those possible uh, situations. Right. So if a pharmacist is presented with a prescription that looks suspicious, how are they meant to handle that? Well, the first thing is they should be making some inquiries of the purported prescriber. Does this prescriber exist? Is the purported practice address, does that exist? That can be easily checked by Googling up 
the prescriber in the practice address. But if they're still worried about it, what I'd suggest they do is maybe just supply one or two patches only and say to the person concerned, look, I'll have to make some further inquiries. Now, the outcome of that will generally be is that person will no longer attend that pharmacy. You know, this is getting a bit too difficult for them. It's getting a bit hot in the kitchen. If they have actual evidence that the prescription they're holding is a forgery, there is a statutory requirement to report that to police. Is that something that you are seeing reflected in the complaints that are coming through to the council, Georgina? Yes, it is, Shweta. We're still seeing a lot of complaints, especially involving high-risk medications, including fentanyl. So I would like to remind everyone that if you are presented with a prescription for fentanyl of any strength or any quantity, please undergo your own individual risk assessment. So initially you need to ensure the prescription is actually valid and not a forgery. And Bruce outlined lots of those red flags to look out for. And I would suggest closely looking at the patient. You know, are they ambulatory? Do they look like they need fentanyl? Are they buying other medications that would support the use of fentanyl? Laxatives, other pain relief, that kind of thing. Or are they in a BMW with a briefcase? Because really, you need to look at your patient and see if the story fits. And if you are confident that the prescription is legitimate, then you need to determine whether it's safe and appropriate for the patient. Because there's certainly very few patients that require fentanyl that aren't palliative care. High-strength opioids are not appropriate for back pain and things like that. So it is important that you do your own risk assessment. If you do have a patient with medications like this for a long-term condition, then really there should be a pain specialist involved. And that means reaching out to that specialist, obtaining more information, obtaining document and evidence to ensure that that prescribing is safe and appropriate. So it is a really challenging area of practice, and I acknowledge that it is difficult for pharmacists But there are things in place to protect us and Bruce mentioned verification supply and certainly if you feel like you're in danger or you need to get that person out of the pharmacy then you may consider in New South Wales a verification supply which really can help and as Bruce said that will sometimes put that particular patient off and they won't return or they may even choose to take their prescription with them. So always seek further advice, do your own due diligence, document everything and ensure that your decision-making is sound every single time. Georgina, just further to that, if pharmacists do succumb and they supply these prescriptions inappropriately based on what can later be confirmed be forged fraudulent scripts, they will soon find they'll have a number of these people attending their pharmacy. The criminal networks, they talk to each other. The network works really well. They know which doctors to target, they know which pharmacists to target. Problem is, of course, once you have a number of these people attending the pharmacy, it makes it more difficult to say no. So do you think, Bruce, pharmacists may feel pressured into supplying these patches or these high-risk opioids because they feel threatened? I think one of the issues is that they may be intimidated, much the same as the doctors who prescribe and are targeted by these people, What I'm hearing is that the criminal rings are becoming very sophisticated and these forgeries are perhaps getting harder to detect. So I guess the take-home message will be that all prescriptions for fentanyl should be treated with high suspicion. Would you agree, Georgina? 
Yeah, I agree with that, Shweta. It's becoming far more difficult and we know that pharmacists are particularly busy as well, so it's certainly difficult, but it's really one area of practice that can really land you in hot water. So it's so important to do your own personal risk assessment with every single prescription, but certainly those for high-risk, high-potency opioids because it is just so common. It's very easy for these criminal rings to move this kind of material around and it's becoming more prevalent. So very important message. So tell us, Bruce, how can pharmacists use SafeScript as a tool when they're making clinical decisions? Well, with SafeScript New South Wales, it's possible to see the patient history back to April 2021. This means that by looking in SafeScript, the pharmacist has the regulatory tool and the clinical tool to see what the patient has been receiving as far as monitored medicines are concerned. Now, the monitored medicines uh, include all the S8 drugs, the benzodiazepines, the Z drugs, Zolpidem and Zolpiclone, acotiapine, pregabalin, tramadol and compound codeine. Now, these are all drugs which are liable to abuse, misuse, diversion and trafficking and the pharmacist has this information available to them courtesy of SafeScript New South Wales. So it's a, a tool which will assist pharmacists in making a responsible professional judgement in the supply of these high-risk medicines. As I say, it can be used to readily check and ascertain the patient's previous history of obtaining these monitored medicines. So, Georgina, I'm going to jump to you. If I'm listening to this as a pharmacist and thinking, how can I avoid these issues and still practice safely, what advice would you give me? Well, there's lots of things you can do. And I think as pharmacists, we really are all lifelong learners. So it's just so important to maintain currency and keep engaged with the profession. So always keep your education up, keep reading, always stay inquisitive and always try and find out more. So it's important to collaborate with colleagues. At the council, we see often pharmacists who aren't engaged with the profession. They're just siloed. They're just doing their work by themselves. And they can often land themselves in trouble because they just continue on in their merry way and they're not really engaging with the profession and learning new things. The Pharmacy Council really does look at membership with educational organisations as a good thing. So we're very fortunate. We've got the Pharmacy Guild of Australia. We've got the Australasian College of Pharmacy and the PSA. And they all have excellent educational opportunities. Always engage with your professional indemnity insurer. It's compulsory to have professional indemnity insurance. So do use them. Reach out to them if you get into trouble or if you need advice. PDO will put out regular material and that always reflects current issues in the industry. Ensure part of your CPD is legislation based and you're looking at ethical scenarios. There is a lot of material out there. It's put out frequently, it's all current and it's really important that pharmacists read that material so they continually remain engaged. So that can include reading, webinars, podcasts, conferences. There's just so much out there to be engaged with. Bruce, do you have any additional advice to that? Uh, Yes, look, I'd suggest that pharmacists, for their own well-being and also the safety of the public, be aware and understand the regulatory environment in which you're practising. Keep up to date with the expected professional knowledge. Do not be afraid to exercise your independent professional judgment and if you're a pharmacy owner or maybe part owner be aware of your obligations for pharmacy oversight under the pharmacy board of australia's guidelines 
Well, thank you, Bruce, and thank you, Georgina. I'm sure your advice has been invaluable. Yeah, many thanks, Shweta. Thank you, Shweta. You've been listening to our special focus on the dangers involved with high-risk medications. For more information on any of the content in this podcast series, you can access various resources by clicking on the description link located right here on your podcast player. Or you can contact the Pharmacy Council of New South Wales via their website, pharmacycouncil.nsw.gov.au. The Pharmacy Council of New South Wales acknowledges the traditional custodians of the country throughout Australia and their continuing connection to lands, waters and communities. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and elders past, present and emerging.